And we're going to look at the Apostles' Creed uh, this week and next week. And we're going to look at it in two different ways, asking two different questions. Essentially, is it biblical and is it beneficial? And so this week, we're going to confess the Apostles' Creed together, and then we're going to talk about, is it biblical? And I'll just give you a spoiler alert, it is, otherwise we wouldn't uh, be confessing it together. And number two, is it beneficial? And next week we'll get to, is it beneficial? But let's uh, confess this together this morning, the Apostles' Creed. I invite you to uh, read and confess along with me this morning. Let's begin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day He rose again from the, grave, from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there He will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. And this is the oldest uh, recognized creed that we have in the church today. And uh, just to dis, uh, kind of come and, and uh, diffuse whatever bombs might have been there for you in that, two things typically uh, bring up questions. One, that we say that he, Jesus, descended to hell. And so one of the things that we're confessing there is not that Jesus actually went into uh, the place of torment to somehow uh, finish some kind of punishment that was necessary. We know that when Jesus died on the cross, he said, to tell us thy it is finished. There was no more punishment that was required. Literally what we are confessing there is that Jesus was buried into the grave, also known as Hades uh, sometimes, which is where the original language came from. And so we're confessing that Jesus was buried in the grave. And secondly, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church. And when we say Catholic, we mean that in the truest sense of the word Catholic, which is to say universal. And we believe in one church, the body of Christ, who is all saints who have ever believed into Christ by grace through faith. They are a part of what we would call the universal or Catholic church. And so that's what we mean when we confess those things. This morning, I'm going to be borrowing uh, from Daniel Hyde, uh, who is a writer for Ligonier Ministries, which is a great uh, reform ministry that I encourage you to check out if you haven't, led by uh, Dr. R.C. Sproul. And we're talking about the creeds and confessions. Are they biblical and are they beneficial? And so listen to this. First, creeds and confessions are biblical. This is illustrated by the fact that the Old Testament people of God confess their faith every morning and evening with the words of Deuteronomy 6.4, the basic confession of the Old Testament, which is the Shema, 
Okay? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And this is truly a creedal statement in the Old Testament. And it's where we get the formation, the formulation of creeds, that this is something that they would recite and confess and remind themselves over and over and over again. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. We also learn that the Israelites confessed their faith in this one God when they publicly worshipped Him at the tabernacle and temple in response to His blessings of salvation. We see that in Deuteronomy chapter 26. We also encounter many creeds and confessions throughout the New Testament as the coming of the Son of God in human flesh prompted the people of God to give fuller expression to their beliefs. Peter confessed Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God in Matthew 16 when Jesus says, who do people say that I am? And they said, well, some say you're you're a prophet. Some say you're Elijah. Come back from the dead. And Jesus said, well, who do you say that I am? And and Peter gives this like creedal statement uh, when he said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Paul went on to elaborate on this in places such as 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4, where he summarized the faith of the church in this creed. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. He was buried. He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. In the previously referenced, uh, in what he has written about, what we've been going through, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6, Paul gave what many scholars to believe a creed that was recited when a new convert was baptized. There is one body and one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father. And one last example of a New Testament creed is 1 Timothy 3.16, where Paul wrote to the young pastor Timothy saying, Great indeed we confess is the mystery of godliness, quote, He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. While these texts from both the Old and the New Testament are not as extensive as the creeds that were written by the ancient church fathers or the confessions of the Reformation, they show that there was a basic body of belief that the people of God confessed as the truth. And based on this fact, church fathers and reformers expressed the truth of the Word of God in their context in order to make clear what it was that they believed. Thus, we can say that creeds and confessions are not statements of stuffy, dead orthodoxy or only of the Roman Catholic Church, but rather Christians throughout the ages have written and recited and confessed creeds to express the faith that lived in their hearts. And the Bible teaches us that as the people of God, we have something to confess to the world. Amen? The slogan that some might try to lift up in its place to say, no creed but Christ, is actually a creedal statement. (laughs) But it actually hinders the church, as one writer has said, a creedless church cannot long exist. Without something to confess, our faith is empty and meaningless in a world in need of Christ and the answers He gives to our lives. And so, we 
biblically confess with the Apostles' Creed the truths of that which we believe together. Amen?